What's up guys, welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Today is July 19th, it's day 19 of the John Summer Challenge and we're in John chapter 11, verses one through 44. Now we find ourselves in this chapter in a very exciting point in the Gospel of John. In many ways, if you look at this book as a storyline, this is a major climax in the story, a really dramatic moment. And it contains for us the last recorded miracle of Jesus before he is eventually led to his execution. And I wanna walk through this passage in three parts, three scenes, three points, just three. First, we're gonna see the dead man in verses one through 16. Second, the savior in verses 17 through 36. And third, the resurrection in verses 37 through 44. So let us first consider number one, the dead man in verses one through 16. Now a remarkable study has just confirmed this just in, 10 out of every 10 people on this earth will die. Did you know this? Death is just a certainty, it's a reality that we all know and accept. A hundred years from now, everybody watching this video including myself for sure, will most likely be dead. And I don't think anyone denies the certainty of death. Why? Because it's proven every single second. Death, 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 death. A person dies every second. So how do you think of and respond to the certainty of death, both your own death and the death of those you love? In this passage, I want us to see how people respond to the death of Lazarus, a man named Lazarus. And I'm praying that it will help us to prepare our own hearts for when we are faced with the certainty of death once again. Now we're looking at the first 16 verses of John 11 now as we consider the dead man. And I want you to get the full picture here. The Gospel of John has certain transition points. In the first chap four chapters of John, Jesus is introduced, right? We saw that. His public ministry is just beginning, and he is strategic about how he slowly begins his public ministry. There surely must be chatter about him. You know, people are talking about him, but there is not yet direct opposition. Then in chapter 5, at this point, we begin to see an outrage over Jesus' claims. Much more public. Jesus is equating himself to God. And it, it's blowing the heads off of the religious leaders. They're furious. They're outraged. No longer are people silent about this man named Jesus. Now there is hostility. There's anger. And at every turn, there's an effort to disprove Jesus and to trap him in what he is saying, to accuse him and to arrest him, right? We've been seeing this as we've been moving through the Gospel of John. And like I told you, now we find ourselves at a climax. John 10 marked the end of Jesus' public ministry recorded in John. And now suddenly, a messenger arrives to Jesus. It has taken this messenger at least a day to find and travel to Jesus. The sender of this message, Mary and her sister Martha. Mary, the one who in the next chapter would anoint Jesus' feet with costly perfume by brushing her hair over Jesus' feet. Mary and Martha, who come from the Bethany family, whom Jesus loves and knows. The recipient of this message? Rabbi, teacher, Lord, master, Jesus Christ himself. 
and the message, he whom you love is sick. That's it. That's the message. I love that. And th there's no persuasion to come. There's no request. They know how dangerous it would be for Jesus to return to the place where they were just trying to stone him and kill him. And in humility and great trust, these two ladies, they simply inform Jesus of Lazarus, uh, his great sickness. So how does Jesus respond to this news? We'll look down at verse 4. Verse 4 says, But when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Here we see one of the sweetest statements in this passage. And as we will see, the ultimate purpose of it all is to bring himself glory, to bring God glory. Jesus is not saying that Lazarus will not end up dying, but he is saying that death will not be the ultimate outcome of this situation. The response by Jesus is amazing. It's perfect. It may not be what you and I would expect, but it is what God had planned on his divine timetable, as they are all things, right? Then, after a two-day delay, does Jesus immediately rush to Lazarus? No, he stays two days longer. He continues ministry. He's not, he's not controlled by other people's urgency or their plans or their, their uh, timetable. No, he's on his own timetable. So after a two-day delay, he says to his disciples, finally, let's go. And they are confused. They are hesitant. They're basically saying, Jesus, they were just trying to stone you to death. Are you sure you want to go? But by verse 14, Jesus again explains to them the purpose of this whole thing. Look down at verse 14. He says, so Jesus then said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may, what? Believe, but let us go to him. Students, like we saw in verse 4, the purpose of this death is to bring God glory. Jesus knows that there would be a much greater impact from him raising Lazarus from the dead than merely healing him. God works all things for his own glory. And this is the purpose of Lazarus' death as well. It's a purpose of the death of your loved ones. It's a purpose of every trial you have and will face. It's a purpose of all suffering. It will be the purpose of your death. It's the purpose of the entire Bible. It's always the purpose of God. Write this on the top of your notes. Tattoo it on your forehead if you have to. God will be glorified. Done. Period. Despite how you and I view things in life, despite what you and I can think and assume with our finite minds, God, being infinitely wise and omniscient and sovereign, is working all things to ultimately result in Him being glorified. Students, it is the purpose of God, and it is our purpose as Christians in everything. Our goal is to bring God glory. He deserves it, and He will get it. This is a death for the glory of God. This is Lazarus, the dead man. And now number two, the Savior. The Savior in verses 17 to 36. Now, Lazarus is now dead. Like, dead, dead. He has been dead for four days. 
and it took the messenger an entire day just to get to Jesus. Then Jesus waited two more days, and then it took Jesus another day to travel back to Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. His internal organs have well started to decompose. The bacteria in his body are having the best time of their lives eating away at his body, which releases terrible odors. The body starts to bloat, doubling in size, and blood containing foam starts to leak from the mouth and nose. Are you throwing up yet? And I think this is again part of Jesus' strategic plan. He wants there to be no doubt no debate Lazarus is dead and this makes certain that when Jesus raises him from the dead there will be no denying that this is a great incredible miracle and as we continue I just want to make sure you see two important things about our Savior the first one is this that Jesus is the resurrection and the life another I am statement isn't it Martha is understandably upset and confused you could imagine her saying something like you know you you could have been there you you could have saved him jesus and jesus says your brother will rise again and martha goes yes yes i i know i i understand eschatology the end times i i understand that the father will raise the dead on the last day i understand jesus but jesus is not talking about the resurrection that will take place in the future as part of some end times order of events some end times lesson jesus wants martha to shift her focus away from abstract beliefs that will take place in the future and he wants her to look at him jesus says believe in me i am the resurrection and the life yes jesus offers you resurrection after death like we talked about before right but you must first believe in him who is himself the resurrection and the life. If you believe in Jesus, you will receive life even after you die, but you must believe. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Now the second thing I wanna show you about our Savior is this, that Jesus sympathizes with us. He sympathizes with us. Now, there is someone who can relate to all of your struggles, to all of your uh, difficulties. There is someone who can sympathize with us, and it is Jesus Christ, our Savior. This is a reason why God became man for us. Have you lost a loved one? Are, are you hurting? Are you going through a great trial or great suffering? Jesus understands. Jesus can help you through your suffering. As you mourn, as you weep, Open your Bibles, turn to John 11, and read this. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus is weeping. Everybody is weeping. In fact, but Jesus is more than upset. He is outraged. He's outraged. In your Bibles, maybe it says deeply moved, and maybe that's it can be better translated. It literally means to snort like a horse. Yes, Jesus is upset over the death of his friend Lazarus, but it goes further than that. Remember, Jesus knows everything. He is sovereign. He certainly knows that he will raise Lazarus from the dead in a couple of minutes. He's enraged, not so much over that, but over death itself. Jesus hates death. Death is only a result of our sin. 
We experience death as a consequence for the sin of mankind. Jesus hates sin. He hates how sin and death separates his creation from himself. And that's the reality. Sin separates you and I from Jesus and we are all sinners. This is why he is outraged. But I also believe he is upset because he sees the death of Lazarus and knows that his own death is soon to come where he will suffer and die on the cross for our sins. Students, do you hate your sin the way Jesus hates your sin? Are you troubled over your sin as much as he is? Do you realize that your sin separates you from God? Do you realize that it is your sin that Jesus died for? I hate my sin. I hate my sin because it hung my Savior on the cross, the one who loves me. If you truly want to repent and follow Christ, then you must hate your sin as well. Your love for Jesus and your hate for sin will cause you to truly repent and turn away from your sins. So let me ask you, do you hate your sin? So we've seen number one, the dead man. Number two, the Savior. And now let's look at number three, the resurrection. The resurrection in verses 37 through 44. And let me just reread this for us. Verse 37. But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus, again being deeply moved with him, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stent, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. What greater power than this? What greater love than to raise a man from the dead? This sign, along with every sign, are meant to point to the greater miracle. That's why they're called signs, right? The greater miracle is that Jesus died for the sins of every believer. He was dead, 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 dead for three days until he rose again and then resurrected himself, defeating death forever, conquering the grave, so that you may believe that you have the opportunity to repent from your sins and put your faith in him and by doing so you will receive eternal life resurrection true love from jesus forever and ever and it is the greatest truth and the greatest hope do you believe with christ though you will die on this earth you will live forever with him in eternity if you believe and certainly the news about this dead man lazarus spread right i'm sure people were spreading it all over and saying this dead man lazarus he lives and certainly the news about Jesus spread after he died and rose again and said, this dead man, Jesus, he lives. And I want this to be said of myself and for you as well. This dead man, Terrell, he lives with Christ. So that's it for today's devotional. Today's questions are, number one, what was the purpose of the death of Lazarus? Number two, what does it mean that Jesus sympathizes with us? And number three, do you hate your sin like Jesus hates sin? And what can lead you to grow in your hatred for sin? Submit your answers to those questions and you will be done with day 19 of the John Summer Challenge. I'll see you tomorrow for day 20.